Our meditation for this second Sunday in Advent is on our epistle reading. Hear the word of our Lord from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. And again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Advent has started, and with it a new church year. And as with every year, at least one Sunday should be dedicated to the Old Testament saints in remembrance of their struggles and hope. The men and women who comprise the ancient Heroes' Hall should be honored before we remember the incarnation of our Lord. After all, these few weeks are before the season of Christmas, not after. During the seasons of Christmas proper and Epiphany, we will speak even more about our Lord's birth. But now is a time to hold the same anticipation as our forebears in the faith. Now, why should we go out of our way to honor these men and women of the Old Testament? It seems a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? After all, I've said before, the Old Testament oftentimes looks to us like an abysmal record of human failure. Adam and Eve fall in the garden. Cain murders his brother. Man becomes so wicked that God floods the earth. Noah's sons, after having survived in the ark, have families that set up Babel in defiance of our Lord, telling them twice more to go forth fruitfully filling the lands. The Israelites abandon God to worship a golden calf, abandon God to go worship different deities with their new Moabite wives. They constantly did this until the Babylonian exile, abandoning God. Yet, even after the exile, Esther recounts a time in which God wins a great deliverance for Judah, only for them to completely neglect to thank him or even say his name. 
The entirety of the book of Judges is about a stiff-necked and rebellious people constantly departing from the faith no matter how much they are disciplined. We could go on for hours describing the motif of human sinfulness and disappointment. Yet we must still honor those who stayed with God and did not turn aside. We celebrate them because the Old Testament faithful engaged in a four-millennia-long struggle. They awaited the arrival of the Messiah, the promised one who would crush the devil's head and redeem all mankind from their sins. But the devil knew about this promise. He was there when God delivered it, and subject to a curse. Knowing that he was on a time limit, Satan did everything in his power to stop the arrival of the promised one. The devil tempted mankind to sleep with the quote-unquote sons of God to produce the Nephilim in the hopes that God would destroy all of creation. After the flood, he had a hand in convincing mankind to build a flood-proof tower at Babel. When Babel's tower was left unfinished, the devil proliferated more and more false deities, demons tricking people into worshipping them all over the face of the earth, that worship of the true God may be extinguished and full wrath be poured out. When God spoke the promise of the Savior, to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the devil went about seeking to enslave their descendants and to destroy every male of the Israelite line. It seems that if he could not abolish the faith, then he did his best to simply murder every ancestor of Christ to prevent his birth. When the Exodus happened, and when the Israelites wandered, they were tempted by the Moabite women to worship false gods. And this continued in the land of Canaan, where the devil mixed his strategy between open war and invitations to idolatry. And so it persisted with regular attacks from Philistine, Moabite, Assyrian, Babylonian, and Syrian forces, killing hundreds and thousands of Israelites throughout the period of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. Idolatry imported from Egypt, Syrophoenicia, Mesopotamia, and countless other pagan religions infected their worship during these times especially after the reign of King Solomon, who reintroduced such false worship. Ever since Eden, those with true faith in God have always been persecuted by the devil and his servants. For many of us, if we were placed in the same circumstances as David or Noah or Gideon, without the comforts of a complete canon or an organized church, we would have failed where they succeeded. So for 4,000 years before the birth of Christ, those who belonged to God and trusted in the plan of salvation found themselves in constant struggle. 
Now, our Lord always delivered a faithful remnant from the assaults of the devil, from delivering Noah from the flood, to calling Abraham for leaving Ur, to raising up Moses for the exodus, to all the other saints, he ensured that the world would never lack faithful believers who stayed true. But certainly these were all outnumbered by the surrounding world of faithless heathen, those who heeded the devil's Pied Piper call. Nonetheless, they stayed the course through endurance. They are heroes because they were steadfast in the faith and did not yield to the world's pressure. Their faces were like flint in the face of evil, including their own sins. Not only did God deliver them, he made them tough as nails, and we celebrate their example for our own lives. We also honor them because of their encouragement which is nothing more than their faith. They are heroes because they cherished the comfort of the gospel promise given unto them. They rejoiced in the promises of our Lord no matter how hard life became. Though they did not see peace in their lifetimes, they nonetheless held their peace by holding fast to the prophecy of the Messiah. They understood what matters the most, unlike their worldly contemporaries. At the end of the day, honoring the true God and finding what is to be done about death, these are the chief things the saints sought out. They did not long care for the pleasures of the flesh, nor did they make idols out of power or money. God regenerated them and preserved them in the true faith one which does not find itself shrinking back to despair nor wandering off into other religions. They were encouraged by the message they received, and so they sought to move forward their entire lives. Finally, a chief reason why we honor those who came before is that our own circumstances are so similar that we draw inspiration from them toward our own walk, and we rejoice to see God's faithfulness. A span of 4,000 years are covered in the Old Testament. That is 4,000 years of absolute carnage in the middle of a desperate war waged by the devil against all of our Lord's creation. But in Advent, we remember that all of their struggle was worth it. Because God kept his word. The Christ child, the promised Savior, was indeed born. As foretold, he bore our sins and the sins of all mankind up until that point and after. Just as our Lord prophesied, the man of sorrows was raised up on the third day and brought to everlasting authority as the king regent of all the universe. Beloved, the ancient heroes cheer us on from heaven. They see that, like them, we await a fulfillment of a final prophecy, namely the return of our Lord Christ. It seems like it has been forever since he ascended into heaven just before Pentecost, yet so too did it seem like forever for Jeremiah when passing along the prophecies about the new covenant 
and Isaiah when speaking of the virgin birth, the true seed of the woman. The church is persecuted, and so too was the church persecuted before the Incarnation. The believer is called to endure and receive encouragement, just as Abraham and David and Elijah were. Yet we also rejoice that we have the fullness of the gospel, the blessing of the sacraments, the complete canon of the word, and the examples of the saints themselves. Our Lord provided these men and women to be our examples, so that in being inspired by them, we may continue on in the encouragement they received as well. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.